Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us on our 125th episode of the podcast, where we get a chance to talk to head coach of the University of the Incarnate Word, Coach Ryan Schatzberger. Schatzi is in his fourth year at the University of the Incarnate Word. Last year in 2022, he led the UIW to the furthest Southland Conference Tournament appearance in their D1 program history. He took over in 2019, where, of course, his year was cut short due to COVID. Prior to that time, he was the assistant coach at Houston. He also spent time at TCU. During those times, both he helping help both those programs, during his time at, between Houston and TCU, been a part of seven 40-plus win seasons, been a part of 13 conference championships, eight regular season championships, five conference tournament championships. He's made nine trips to NCAA regionals. He's made three NCAA super regional appearances and made one trip to the College World Series during his time between Houston and TCU. During his tenure as coach, he's coached over 60 players who've been drafted, eight of which have made to the big league roster, and as of right now, he's got five current former players currently playing in the big leagues. So, great track record. Coach Schatzberger, um, and just really enjoyed our conversation, man. We just know each other for a while, and just being able to to reconnect and touch base and see how things are going with his culture, and he's really trying to build a program and creating his own identity within that and the things that he's learned, knowing the great things that he has learned, and he's been surrounded by some great people, which you'll hear all about, and the great players he's been able to coach, and just using all those things and making his own as he's starting to build his things, his program at UIW. So really appreciate him taking some time. Really appreciate our guys at Netting Pros for helping us out as well. Netting Pros are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to, to many recreation, high school and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all the latest products and projects. So a big shout-out to them. Thank you for those guys, and thank you for Coach Schossberger for taking some time. Reconnect and talk for the podcast. So here he is. Now you're going to enjoy it. Coach Ryan Schossberger. You know, I think there's a lot to it where you can actually develop the kid. Um, and development's a big buzzword now in, in baseball and recruiting. And nobody's ever developed sitting on the bench and just practicing. You develop by playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have we have two kids that um, – we have a kid on our team that was, wasn't was getting a whole lot of at-bats at Houston, and he's killing it at our place. And it's not a knock on University of Houston. It's just he needed an opportunity, and they had a guy in front of him. So right. He came over here and had an opportunity, and it was good. It's worked out. Um, but, you know, it's – Todd and I coached together for, shoot, 
14 years and, mm. and he texts me all the time. Hey, how's so-and-so doing? I'm like, he's doing great, man. Like it's not a, it's not a disconnect for, for the kid and the coaches and, and, you know, the portals kind of been vilified that kid coaches don't care about the kids. And that's the farthest thing from the truth, you know, but um, I'm not a freewheeling NIL go get your NIL shortstop from somewhere else when, you know, you, you recruited a kid and it didn't work, you know, but it's got pluses and minuses. It's got pluses and minuses, just like everything in life. Sure. I just think the management of it is, is there's no way to monitor it. There's no way to monitor contacts. You mean contacts isn't like when they trying to come get your guy? Yeah, and they haven't really come out with somebody saying that, hey, they called him early or, you know, I called the summer coach and the summer coach called him and told him what was going on and then they, they do the deal. So so that's what it is? A lot of times. And there could be a guy on the team or, or you know, if I played with you in the summertime, hey, what's, you know, What's Trey going to do? Is he going to stay there? What's he going to do? So, um, you know, it is what it is. Just got to keep going and find a way to win the next day. Yeah, man. Dude, buddy. What a, you know, like, like looking at when you wanted to, like, you know, take your step, you know, and, and did you envision, like, I'm sure you did. I didn't. At, at that time, in flash four years, and I guess it kind of started then. Right, yeah, so you kind of had started an idea. the year after COVID. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. kind of knew what you were getting into, but at the same time, probably didn't. Not really. I mean, the job I took and the job I have are different. You know, just from yeah, a, just from a roster management, and and that's been the hardest part is the roster management. Because well, that and I'm sure, like you said, the culture of it, and we're building teams. I'm sure that's got like that's knowing like what you've done this this whole in your whole career. I'm sure that you. You're, I can see that being frustrating for you. Yeah. It's right. Like a Brian Holiday. He comes in as a sophomore that nobody, I mean, a couple of schools were on him, but, and he just works. And he's in a situation to have success because of the innings and the learning he's done and the development he's put in and, and practicing in games. But got caught every game in the state of Texas. Like every game he caught. Mm. He was catching Holiday. But, you see him sophomore year was good, junior year was better, senior year wins the Johnny Bench Award. You know, um, guys like Joe Davis that we had at Houston comes in as a freshman, you're like, man, this guy can really hit. By the time he leaves his senior year, like, this guy might be the best hitter I've ever had. Mm. Uh, and and just watching guys develop from a pitching standpoint, you know, you know, guys that have made it in the big leagues and guys that didn't. You know, Jansen Witty's a third baseman we had at TCU that's in AAA, and he played in Japan last year, and you know, Connor Hollis was a kid we had at Houston that is, he just won the batting title in double A. Um, but that guy played for, shoot, he was there six years pre-COVID. He had a medical, I think he had a, two medicals. Um, mm. But it's just you lose that watching a kid grow and, and move up. You know, if I don't, I don't know what would happen if the portal was around and Joe Davis was at Houston. I don't know if he'd have stayed, you know, but, you know, I talked to Joe decent amount and Corey Jolks is a great example he's in the big leagues now with the with the Astros um Corey as a freshman you know we're playing ULL and I'm throwing batting practice and like I see Corey after BP I'm like man really good job in the outfield today you've rained down everything I said you hit he said no you didn't put me in a BP group 
I said, well, dude, all you had to do is tell me I would put you in. But that day, like, I'll never forget it. Now he's running around the big leagues. But he worked his way to get there. You know, yeah. he wasn't ready out of high school. And Connor Wong's the same way, catching for the Red Sox. Um, but you just look back. Like, Matt Carpenter was a totally different player when I first got to TCU than when he left TCU. Um, and watching the growth and the development of those guys is, is special, you know. And it's uh, – I've been so fortunate to, to work for really good head coaches and be on really good staffs and – when you have that going on, you have really good players. When you have really good players, that make you look really good. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I'm unfortunate. So, like, 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 I'm just thinking, like, cult that culture stuff, man. I know that you like, you know, and stuff that you've learned through like, these things. Like, what, like, what were those things that, like, culturally that you just like you ha- you you knew that you were gonna do this and you put it in your program? Yeah, I think the biggest one for me is team first, team last. You know, that was a slosh deal was on yeah. the locker room. And, you know, we, we've we put together um, kind of our core values, um, and we change them each year. But, you know, we, it, it, you know, be early in what you do. That's one of our team rules, be early, not just in baseball, but to class and how you handle it. Because if you're early, you're organized. Um, you know, you take, care of your, you take care of your stuff off the field so that doesn't interfere with you. Being on the field, um, no blame, claim, and defend. You know that was a Urban Meyer book deal. It was above the line, below the line. Um, but you know, at Houston, it was process, energy, trust, and excellence. You know, for us, it's we we spell it out cards, and 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 a lot of the guys look at it and go, yeah, but it's on the bottom of every practice plan. You know, um, just things like that. But it, it's this is kind of the first year where they're kind of speaking the language. Um, I'm big on. Hey, one pitch at a time. Just win this pitch. Um, can't change the past. Just got to learn from it and move on. Uh, the past doesn't equal the future. Um, but a lot of that stuff, and like I said, with Slosh and with with Whitting, we we were so locked into Brian Kane for 15 years, and, and he's really good. And I used to my first year down here, and then I got the bill, and I said, Brian, I love you, man. I just I can't keep going. I love you. But I can't keep going. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask. Yeah, I was gonna ask. That was yeah. my next thing. Like, did you have Caner come? Yeah, but it was. Um, you know, there's certain things you take from each program that you're like that. I want. I really want to do that. And there's other things that I've I've said I'm I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to try to do it a different way. Um, you know, one of the big things that that Slosh was was really Slosh and Tita both, and I think it helped having. When I got to TCU, Slosh was the head coach. Todd Whitting was the assistant. Randy Mazey was the other assistant. Well, Mazey's at West Virginia as the head coach. Todd's at Houston. And Slosh is now at A&M. So um, I think I went like two years in staff meetings. And I didn't say a word. Uh, mm-hmm. I just listened. Um, but they were just so good with, you know, working. The idea of somebody working with you, not for you. Um, and, you know, Slosh was so involved in everything. And then – Todd was so Todd did it his own way, but was very involved in what was going on. And, and Mays was the same way. But if you got assigned a task, go do your task. I'm not going to micromanage you to do your task. Go do your task and uh, whatever it may be. Um, you know, Todd's were a little, Todd Mays were a little different. Go find a pitcher and a shortstop. Well, here's Featherston and, and Perk. You know, that worked out pretty, pretty well. Pretty good. I was, hey, you know, make sure guys are, the locker room's clean, the cages are clean, guys are getting all their swings. Um, and we got, we got kids coming to camp and we run a really good camp. Um, 
and do a really good job running the fields during the summer. So just little things you take from everybody that you really like. And that's where I think Slosh is so unique and that he is such a, not just a good baseball coach, but just a really good GM. Um, and and now with what he's got to handle at A&M, I, I can't even imagine it with all the recruiting elements. And, you know, those guys are, they're, in the SEC, they're they're trying to recruit everybody. You know, not just the players on your team, the junior colleges, the portal, four to five years of high school kids. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. Can't imagine it. But nonstop, nonstop. But you're right. Like they're totally different than all the media. You know, and yeah, let alone you're going to try to go in a ball game and understand what to do in this situation. The eighth inning. You yeah. know, just uh, yeah, for sure. You know, just uh. Just a pretty uh, – so in four years, man, I heard you say, like, my, our kids are trying to start to speak the language, which is pretty awesome. So it's like you're – how have, like <clears> – so it's like they're getting to that part where they're starting to own it. Yeah. What it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, we're, we're we're fortunate. We have an older group. Um, we have 24 new kids to on the roster this year. And the older guys have – you know, one of the things Todd always used to say was the best, and Slosh said the same thing, the best teams are player-led, not coach-fed. And these guys, I finally, you know, told them, hey, we'll go as far as you guys want to go. You know, me dragging you along is not as much fun for everybody as much as when you guys take over, get out front, start running with it. And they've done a really good job with that the last about month. Um, but it, it, it's teaching kids how to lead, teaching them how to get out front because – you know, when you get out front, you get vulnerable. And when you get vulnerable, who what's going to happen when something doesn't work? Um, but, you know, there's a lot of things I had to change with how I coach the team. Um, you know, as soon as something bad would happen, the first thing they do is look to you. It's like, hey, so what? Next pitch. You know, you, you can't talk about what when the next pitch. Hey, just keep winning pitches. Win the next pitch. Next 200 feet. So what? And, and be losing your mind. You know, it's like the, the parent yelling at their kid to calm down. It's like, hey, yeah. wait a minute now. Like, you know, in baseball and, and just sitting back and going, man, this, this game's hard. You know, it's hard. But, you know, hopefully they take something from this when they have families and, and, and can go from there. That's cool. How do you, so like you talk about like like leading, like how, so how do you, uh, how are you doing that? Do you have classroom sessions every day or is it just part of like your daily, like just part of the practice plan? Like, like how are you being able to do that? Yeah, so we switched up. Like, you know, like our, yeah. you're, you know, just thinking of like going from the levels that you were with TCU in Houston, and then now at Incarnate, where like how much of just like you don't the facilities probably are not the same, you know, like right. just the the different challenges that you have, you know, right. and being able to kind of you knew how you kind of were able to run it in that with Brian Kane, like the, the, when that was part of plan, like how is that you've been able to do that now at, at your level with Incarnate Word. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's actually helped me because I got to dive back into all of Kane's stuff. And he's so good. I mean, yeah. But I had to go back and pick five things, you know, just pick five things and just continue to talk about it. And, and at the beginning, it's kind of like you're talking to yourself. Um, kids are looking at you like, what's that mean? But every day on our practice plan, we have a mental game minute. So um, today was earn it. So at the end of practice, I stopped talking to him before practice. Um, we'll meet after practice. Um, so 
I post, I send out the uh, a picture of the practice plan around 1130 noon every day. Guys come out, we stretch at 245. Boom, we're rolling. We're right into it. Um, after practice, I'll bring the team up and I'll, all right, who's got the mental game today? Nobody will jump up. I'll sign somebody. Well, what starts happening is you start to see guys want to jump up and do it. Um, and then I'll go, hey, anybody got any questions about it? Well, they never have any questions. So I'll say, well, what's it mean to you? And then, well, I called on you. Now they have to talk. Um, hmm. But they, they just start to kind of see. And here's the thing that's changed all of it. They're starting to have success. Mm-hmm. And when you're having success, it's a whole lot easier to implement some stuff and have it stick than when it's, we're just, we can, we're constantly losing games and, you know, the mental game is great when it's, when you're going well, it's when, it, when you're not winning games and when things aren't going well, that's when you need it the most. That's when it's the hardest to find, but, you know, just listening to them in a dugout, Hey, win this pitch, um, you know, post-game interviews, we, we have a, a, our radio guy does a really good job and he'll interview the kids after the games um, and just hear him talking about, Hey, just got to get to the next pitch, um, trying to do it for the team. Um, and not that the, other, the guys before were like, Hey, it's about me. It's, they weren't like that at all, but now they're all kind of speaking the language and, and they're bought in because it's, it's working, you know? Um, and I told Kane that all the time. I was like, you always pick a really good time for, to come in and talk to us. Cause we always seem to get hot right after you and it's got nothing to do with you, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but a lot of things and a lot of the mental game stuff. And I learned this, you know, obviously with Todd and, and sloshes, they do a lot of the things you want them to do. It just may not be the exact way you want them to do it. But if they already have a routine, like Joe Davis did not believe in the mental game. No, sir. Not for him. Well, Joe Davis did nine of the 10 elements of the mental game before every pitch, you know, or however many steps, but he didn't think he did. Hey, cool. Right. You don't need to go hit, you know, but it's getting them to realize they're doing something without recognizing that they're doing something. So it's just, it's been, it's been fun to watch. And, and, you know, we get some kids that are are having some success and, and the, 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 you see, you see their confidence start to grow. Well, it's like the their process is working, you know, it's right. validating. So like, you know, like it's because the results are feedback, you know, and so like, yeah, like you're getting the right thing. So, it, but it, it certainly is hard knowing that maybe we just weren't really good enough. The mental game's there, but like maybe physically weren't there. But I know what you're saying is like, you know, it's, it's kind of hard where that's when you really need it when you're, when you're struggling. But yeah, the process yeah. is working. So another, another, you know, great mental tidbit, you know, sticking to the process, but knowing that the process is working because we're getting the results, right? you know, <clears throat> that right. we want for sure. Yep. But it helps having second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Like for saying building that culture of that for sure. Yeah. Dude, that's cool, man. So like, Hey, dude, you said, um, I was just kind of thinking about like diving in, like, like you said about, um, when you talk about recognizing something, like you said, the Davis guy, like, he didn't yeah. recognize he did it. Like, what were you, what do you mean by that? You said you, you were, you're trying to getting them to recognize that oh, you, did you, so like, did you talk to him like, Oh, you're already doing this. So don't worry about it. No. You just said you just we played just, it off. We like, just let oh, him alone. Fine. Yeah. We just let him alone. But the biggest thing. Because you let him alone though. Cause you knew what he was already doing. Yeah. So like breathing. Yeah. You know, right. like if you, and that this is gone now with the 10 seconds and all that stuff, but. 
in the past, you'd ha- you'd see our guys kind of focus focus on the bat, take a deep breath, inhale, and go. And and if it if you know something bad, if they were in a red light, they take their gloves off, and there'd be a physical and a mental adjustment. Well, a lot of guys, Joe would do that, you know. Um, and certain guys, would do, you see Carp do it with the dirt. You know, Carp would reach down, do the dirt. Well, he was able to slow the game down for himself, and that's really what it comes down to is helping you get to the next pitch and recognizing that you're going too fast. It's, you know, it's a lot like arguing when, um, when you're arguing with somebody, recognizing that why are we arguing about something? Mm-hmm. Or that argument where you have with your buddy where you're saying the same things, just in different words. The one that recognizes it first is like, what are we doing? You know, um, but being able to recognize it's the hardest part. Um, but having guys that can go and get to the next pitch or – you know, we had a deal. Guy makes an error. He turns his back to the infield, takes his glove off, bangs his glove, puts it back on, right back into it. So some guys would do that naturally. Some guys would just were able to, to refocus and slow the game down on their own instead of having to go, okay, let's, you know, we have the red plate, the yellow plate, and the green plate around home plate today. Like, let's, let's focus on our breathing and our routines. It's like, I don't need to do this, <laughs> you know? So, dude, so Davis, so like you have part of that at the practice plan. So, if you have part of that practice plan and Davis doesn't, what does he do? Or he like, does you know, it, but he does it his own way. He, okay. he like, he's like, I don't get in red lights. And you go, okay, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not totally wrong, but, um, but he would do it. You know, he, he knew it was important to the team. Okay. But it would not be, he wouldn't undermine it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, because he knew guys would look to him as to how he did it, how they did it. Um, but then you had, you know, guys like Hollis that were like over the top with the routine. And it was like, come on, man, get in the box and hit. But it was his routine, you know, right. before right. the 10 second clock, he could do that. So, um, but no, it's to each their own, but getting them to the biggest thing is teaching kids how to breathe and get to the next pitch. So, like, what adjustments are you making now with the with the pitch clock? Just trying to, like, you can't really run an offense anymore because you got 10 seconds to try to put your signs on. So you're putting signs on quick, and then guys are getting in the box. And I've told all my guys, hey, if you need to take an offensive timeout, take the offensive timeout. I don't take offensive visits anymore. Um, but just getting them to learn how to breathe, getting them to be able to refocus, um, just trying to do it a little bit quicker. So we have a pitcher, um, Brian Slotzauer, got a really good arm, left-handed, but I'll yell out of the dugout, hey, stay green, or I'll yell yellow or red, and then he'll, he'll do his little deal quick. It's easier for a pitcher because they have more time. It's harder for the hitter because of the, the, the clock, but instead of finishing the breath, like the hitters used to breathe and then get in the box, they're in the box, engaged with the pitcher, breathing and going. Okay. So it's more it's more tied together than it was A to B. Mm-hmm. But still got to breathe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, it's just so much sports sped up, but, you know, and how you're able to teach that. I'd imagine that you had you probably put on the clock and, you know, you, you just had to go through it during practice. You know what? We didn't – we really didn't make a big deal out of the, the pitch clock thing. Really? Because, hey, if it happens, it happens. What we did was we told him, you're a good enough two-strike hitter that if you need to take your time to get in the box, you can do that. You know, just getting them to say, hey, if something doesn't go your way, you're still good enough to, to compete. 
as opposed to, we got to hurry up and get in the box so you're ready to go. No, like, hey, it's going to happen. If it happens, hey, so what? Go win the next pitch. You know, so we don't have a clock. We don't have a visible clock at our field. Um, matter of fact, opening night, we had bases loaded, two outs, and banged. We got banged on strike three for a clock violation. Really? It's like, uh, you know, how do you, how can you do that when nobody can see it? Right. Uh, um, but again, it's okay. So what next? Let's go learn from it. Um, but it, look, you can, you can gripe and complain about it or you can adapt. And, and that's what's been, you know, the rule changes I may not always agree with, but they have sped the game up and, uh, it sped the game up and I don't know if it's a better or worse what, but it's faster, you know, um, but you just got to get your kids to adapt to it. This is what they're kind of used to is just playing faster, playing shorter games. You know, the the select seven inning games take about as long as a nine inning game. You know, I went wow. watch the I went and watched a high school game a couple weeks ago. There's no clocks. There's no nothing. It ta- it seems like it takes forever. Yeah, and like, it was already slower to you from the get go. Now it's probably yeah. looks even more slower. Yeah, and you get the games in the summertime where, you know, you got the coaches, I got to wear a helmet to coach third base, but the guy that's actually, you know, an accountant coaching third's got no helmet on, like not really paying attention. He's standing in the wrong spot in the third base box. Like you're the guy in danger right here, you know? <laughs> um, but it, it's just, it's one of those things that I think it's good to have different ways to play. And, and, and as long as kids are playing to win something and playing to, learn not just play to hey i get to play again tomorrow you know there there's there's a cost to winning and there's a there's a toll there's a toll to pay to learn how to win and and as long as that doesn't get lost i think the game's going to continue to move on but if they just get to play and there's no consequences for for losses then i think we're in trouble oh yeah well i mean i i I think from that standpoint i think kind of they're a loss they don't play well is their loss to be recruited by you. You know what I mean? Like that's could could be the loss as well. You know right. what I mean? Where like, you know, I I can definitely see that, you know, a guy comes in, like you're coming to watch them, they don't play well. And you know, you're just like, ah, oh, this guy's just not good enough, you know. And so, you know, I think I think you show up and they're certainly playing for something. Right. You know what I mean? Not that and I know what you're I know the kind of guy you want. You don't want them to play just for you. You you know that I get all that too, you know. Um I think that's that's just that's part of it, um, but I certainly know what you mean. I, I've I've been wondering about the helmet too. Like, when was that going to come down? Because it's been yeah. now in in college baseball for a while, yeah. And it still hasn't got to high school. I was just I was I was wondering when that was coming. Yeah, and no, it really man. hasn't. You know, one of the things that it's amazing how many kids I've gone to watch over the years, and I didn't like the kid I went to go see, but I liked the kid playing against him. Yeah. You know, and you never know who's watching. You just, and I mean, I remember sitting with T Dub at, at a game at TCU, and kid, we're getting ready to try to offer. Hits a pop up in the infield, doesn't run. Todd's like, "All right, I'm going home." Gotcha. See you know, him. you just you just don't know, and it's I don't know. I just play as hard as you can, as long as you can. Just <laughs> keep fighting, man. This game's so hard. Just keep fighting. For sure. Yeah, but. No, it's uh, it's 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 nice to to have the the different kids too on our team from different areas of the country. Oh yeah, 
We got them from Washington. We got them from Arizona. We got them from Missouri. We got them from Florida. We, we get them from all over, but it's, uh, you know, that's kind of been the nice thing about the portals. All right. There's, you're not as regional anymore, you know, and obviously me, me, me being a Northeast guy and now living in Texas since 2005, um, right. you know, it's just, you know, call Charlie O at Cecil junior college. that gave me my start. Hey man, you guys got anybody? Not yeah. this year. Or, hey, I'll take a look or, but, um, you know, this is, I think it might provide more kids opportunities um, from the junior college level, you know. Um, but it's the commitment to baseball seems to be growing around the country. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Binghamton got a 60 or $80 million stadium. It's unbelievable. Um, it's really nice, too. I was looking at pictures of it on Twitter. Really? And that thing's big time. But, you know, it, it's just there's kids everywhere. There's kids everywhere that can play, and they just got to get, got to do it the right way, and and find out what they want to do. You know, so if they find a guy that you know, like I said, can put him to Schatzberger and say, "Hey, this guy can give this guy a look. I think this guy might be all right." You know, hopefully yeah. they can they can do that. But yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it it definitely has. You know, and I think, and like I said, at the end of the day, like that's, and it's 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 it. it the better guys, you know, I should say they play because they love it, you know, and they're trying to just compete at the highest level, you know. And I think guys that, you know, in terms of winning and losing, you know, like I said, it's it's just a matter of that, like, chance to get recruited by, you know, and, and fulfill the dream, you know, like right. just like your dream was when – why did you go to JUCO? Well, I was just trying to go to the best place that I could, you know, keep playing and play at the highest level, you right. know, and then – and then when you things don't go your way, you know, like you get pretty upset and, and uh, you know, then of course you're not helping your team out either. Right. I mean, I, I tell kids at our showcase camps and, yeah, um, you know, look, I, I went to Western Maryland. It's now McDaniels division three. I, I went to a small high school. I played, played basketball, played soccer. I did stop playing basketball after my freshman year when I was the center at six feet and I got tired of getting <laughs> But I played soccer and I played baseball for four years and I never had not played. And, you know, I, I looked at a couple of schools down in North Carolina that were division one and I, I, I wasn't ready to play division one. So I went to make, I went to Western Maryland and I wasn't ready to be there. You know, the, the game was so different. And that was the year they went to from minus five to minus three. I, I felt like I was swinging a fence post with the concrete on it. Like, I yeah. don't think I, I think, I think I had like four hits. But I just kept at it, you know, and, and I wanted to play. So you do what you can to play. But how is it at the at the high school levels with the parents and, and the the desire for the parents to be recruited and to tell their buddies where their kids are going? And I, I worry that, especially in the Northeast where the weather's not great, that you might lose high school baseball to select baseball. Good easy to it. Like, and and honestly, there's a lot of school systems that don't do themselves any favors either with like not making it serious enough, you know, right. or like, um, and so you do, you'll have guys. Now, uh, I don't see anybody missing playoff games and things like that. Typically, the circuit doesn't get started until June. Um, now, Virginia, you know, will go into June, right. you know, um, and so that that will that can come up with some really big, um, 
you know, problems depending on how far you go into June. But, you know, um, but it, 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 it's there because there's a ton of jobs open that used to be very coveted, you know, yeah. and, and guys that, you know, and for different reasons, you know, nowadays both people have to work in a home, you know, like it's, it, it the, the jobs ain't paying anything, you know, like, um, it, it's, it's, it's different. It's very different than what it was. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's a different landscape for sure. Um, is it affecting the Legion stuff up there? I, it I was is. My favorite summers when I played American Legion baseball, man. Not at Mine too. Time. Mine too. But yeah, like, I mean, we're fortunate in our area in the Western Maryland still. It's Phil, the district is strong with all teams, all, right. you know, but like, you know, there's, there's places around here that have no Legion, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, literally baseball is, is, you know, but there's, you know, kids can run track and field at six and seven, eight years old. Yeah. I mean, like there's track and field programs, there's lacrosse, there's, you know, there is a, a ton for someone to do, um, you know, and so like, that's, what's really hard about it too, or back when you didn't have an option, like you grew up playing baseball, <laughs> like, like it was, it wasn't too many other things that you could do in the spring. No, because I didn't play organized till I was twelve. You know, wow. me and my buddies, and we play in the street. One one street hit right handed, the other one hit left handed, and then we play hockey, street hockey with rollerblades, without, and football and basketball, and we just won by the season, you know. But um, yeah, my friend's mom signed me up. I didn't go to the tryouts. I didn't go to anything. I think I was the last pick, and I, I I'm I think I'm the only one still playing baseball. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was. Uh, you know, it, it's just they the act of just unstructured play, you know, everything now it's like they got to do this, 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 and this, and they're supposed to be this good by this age. It's like, no, you're not. Just go play, you know, go play. The kids that like to play will still be playing when they get to college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I play multiple sports, man. It's, it's so important. It's so important. And, and you know, I tell kids all the time down here, there is really, really good baseball at the Division three level in the state of Texas. And I know in the state of Maryland there is. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I remember going to Johns Hopkins going, <laughs> I mean, this guy's a D1 transfer. That guy's a D1 transfer. Who is that guy? Paul Winterling's in center field. He was drafted by the Orioles. I'm like, how are we going to pull this one off? You know what I mean? And yeah. then, obviously, Salisbury. I mean, That's it. And, and down here you got TLU and, and a bunch of other schools. So there's a place for everybody. They just have to know what you want to do, you know? Well, then, like you said earlier, like, where are you going to play? Like, yeah. nowadays, and especially if there's one thing, like, I've told guys, too, like, going and get recruited, like, the portal. Since you have the portal, you better go somewhere and play. Because yeah. let's say you do go to D3 or wherever you go, and you can play 50 and get 400 bats. Now you show out, and like you said, now someone comes out and say, yep, okay, now you're ready. Yeah, we have one of them. We got a kid who graduated from TLU. Playing, he was playing short for us early. I mean, he was a D3 All-American, you know. Um, great kid, military family, but um, he he did it the right way. He graduated from his D3 and came over. But if you look around the country, there's D3 arms sprinkled all over the place. I think Kentucky has one. Um Somebody else had one that was a really big arm. Lamar had one last year. The guy was like ten and two. You know, mm. it's like, hmm. yeah. So the 
every year in the draft, you're like, where's that school? Oh, that's the D3 in California. Or that's one of the D3s up in Wisconsin. Or, you know. Yeah, there's some good ones there. Well, we're, also, really good we're, at the world, we're at the world. I mean, what's Carter Whitewater is, is unbelievable. Yeah. But, I mean, and, and the junior college of baseball down here in Texas, is, it's wild. I mean, yeah, it's. Oh, last week, 94, 96 with a breaking ball. Like, mm-hmm. And the guy on the other team was 91, 93. You're like, yeah. I've seen that before junior college game. Not that when I was at Cecil with Charlie O, you didn't see that a whole lot. No, you you'd have had one. You know yeah. what I mean? You're gonna have a dude that probably was already committed. Yeah. Um, but it's not as normal as what it is in Florida and Texas, JUCOs. Yeah. They're different, they're different animals. Like yeah. I just they, if if you view it the right way as a means to an end, you know, it's it junior college is value, man. It's mm-hmm. got value for for those that you know, maybe they're not comfortable being far away from home or whatever it may be, but there's value to it. And especially in the Northeast, man, when you can play baseball, it's, you know, you're going up against, we've been outside all year. Yeah. In J- January, we're inner squad. Um, we don't have to shovel anything. I'd love to tell you about my indoor facility, but I don't need one. You right. Know? Um, so, but that's what you're up against up in Northeast. I mean, I remember shoveling snow to get in shape. You know, that was our lifting program. Go shovel off the driveway. Okay. Go shovel off the neighbor's driveway. Okay. I need a new glove. Oh, better go shovel the neighborhood and get some money. You know what I mean? That's it. That's but, it. You know, it's just, there's a place for everybody. They just have to be willing to understand what their, what their boundaries are, you know? Um, Cause if you want to play, there's an opportunity for you, but you can't be, you have to be realistic with your, expectations and, and what you want to do with for school. Like, what do you want yeah. your job to be? Like, it, we used to say it all the time. It's a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. And that's, I don't know if that holds true anymore, to be honest with you, you know, yeah. it's, um, but it, it's something for, for people to recognize, like it's, it's going to end for, for you at some point, you know, for sure. I, I love that you uh, still keep the Northeast perspective, man. Like you're still like, yeah. Uh, we could be shoveling right now, but we're outside, yeah. you know, like that's awesome, man. You kind of still keep that perspective. Well, I talked to my high school coach probably twice a month. And I mean, I remember sitting in the gym doing this for weeks oh, on yeah. just, we could play catch, man, hitting the, we could hit a curveball too. Cause remember the two machines that just had the top wheel and the bottom <laughs> wheel, there was no third boom, wheel. Boom, Bang. boom. And you're trying to angle it for the breaking ball and, oh, it's left-handed. <laughs> Let's spin it the other way. And, you're in the white wall gyms and facing oh. live at bats. You're going, this is the disaster waiting to happen. It was awful. Like, yeah. that's why, like, it was no doubt. Like, we, we might start hitting three weeks into the season. Like, that, yeah. that we'll finally, we'll maybe get it get it up there. It was always, pitching was so far ahead of the game in Northeast. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and you couldn't really get ground balls because of the gym floor and the basketball coach getting ticked that you're leaving marks on the floor. And so then you take ground balls with the the hard rubber dimple balls and they're bouncing everywhere. It's like a tennis ball. You're like, uh, I'm never going to fit a ground ball like this, but purpose of the drill, let's do it, you know? Yeah, and the only saving grace is like, at least everybody else is trying to get 100%. Like 100%. <laughs> it's like, at least, some, at least they're all dealing with this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I try to schedule Northern teams early in the year, and, and I tell our guys, hey, if you miss, miss in the air. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yep. maybe they haven't seen a fly ball yet, you know? It's like – Probably, ugh. But, yeah. And, and the crazy thing, there's a lot of really good teams up there, man. I mean, UConn is – what Penders has done at UConn is unbelievable to me after watching him and playing against him for all those years is 
they got a beautiful new park, and that guy gets after it. His pitching coach is a great dude. Yeah, he's man. he's funny, but you know, you look at University of Delaware with Mams. I mean, they got they got it going. They got it going, and, and what Rob's done in Maryland. I mean, it's yeah. uh, Maryland used to be the just a, a, a doormat, you know, and what Rob and 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 those guys have done over there is is pretty impressive, man. But because um, you, you remember, it always used was hey, the good players are going down to Coastal. Yep. They and wouldn't. You didn't go. When Rupp, no. Yeah, with Rupp and all, we didn't. No. Nah. I mean, what Mays has done at West Virginia. I mean, mm-hmm. Hot State used to be the best team in West Virginia. Correct. You know? So, but no, it, it's all about the development of the kid and, and the relationships you have with the kids. And, and I called a kid tonight. We're driving to Lindale, and UT Tyler's right next door and happens to be his birthday. So I called him, hey, happy birthday. And tells me he's having a kid and I said hey the man that's awesome I'm excited for you he's coaching over at UT Tyler I said hey can you send me your laundry contacts name because we need somebody to try to do our loops he's like yeah, yeah we got you but it's just you talking to the kids 10 years later going do you ever think this would be where you're at like, no no I mean talking to text with Connor Wong do you ever think you'd be in the big leagues no mm-hmm. it's like I got guys that are killing it in real estate guys that are teachers and they're just successful because they know how to work, you know. Hmm. But, you remember, like, when you thought about the expectations, I think you were talking about that earlier with, like, expectations, and, like, those guys didn't – like, their only expectation was just, I guess, that they didn't necessarily had goals or, like, what they're just – was, like, they just showed up. They made the consistency of the work. Yeah, I, I think – like, I know Holiday had a had a – note card in his, lo- his locker had goals on it. Uh, I know because he it fell out of his locker one day and I put it back in. And, um, Slosh was really good with making him set goals. Um, but in order to set the goals, you have to work towards the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a daily pursuit of excellence, you know, selfless energy and excellence. That was, those were, those were big three for, for, for Slosh. Um, process, energy, trust, and excellence. Um, we're, we're for a Houston, you know, the pursuit of excellence because you're not pursuing perfection, you're pursuing excellence because you never reach perfection. So you're just trying to reach for excellence in everything you do. Um, you know, Maisie's three things were make your bed. He used to, used to say, say shave, but now it was like brush your teeth and make your, um, buckle your seatbelt. You do those three things every day, you have a successful day. But it's just the, the mundane detail that you have to do over and over and over. Can you do that? to get what you want to get to. Well, it's like, that's the, that's that process. You know, it's a process that you've just, uh, ingrained in people, man. So like thinking about your, man, think about your, like, as, so you're, you're, you're setting the vision for, for your guys, you're setting the vision for your program, you know, and kind of building those goals. Is that something like where you're kind of setting goals or setting goals for the program right now? Um, yeah, I mean, we want to do, do something we haven't done before. This program's never been to a regional. Um, but to get to the regional, you have to win our conference championship. And to get to yet yeah, to get to the conference championship, you have to finish top seven in the league. Um, so it's what can we do today to be to be better for tomorrow? Um, just trying to do the little details a little bit better. Um, and we've gotten off to a good start, and I think we're eight and four in conference. Um, so we've won each of our conference series. And I just told him, if you win conference series, you'll, you'll have a chance to do those things. 
And how do you win a conference series? You win one game at a time. Well, how do you win one game at a time? And then we just deconstruct it from there. Um, but, you know, the individually, especially now at the mid-major level with older guys, sometimes they lose sight of they're still getting to play and they're, they get stuck in the, I'm not going to get drafted. And that dream kind of comes to an end for some of them, but getting them back to your folks going, Hey man, but you're still playing, you know, you're still playing and you're playing for each other. And that's what I think this group's done really well is play for each other. So. Yeah. I love that background that uh, you just basically back mapped everything from like doing something, the program, like that doing something the program's never done before. Everything just back mapped from there. And then essentially here's the simplified version. Yeah. Just win the pitch. We're just going to win the pitch as much as we can. And, yeah. Timely hitting, timely pitching. You do that, you'll have success. I've heard it said a million times, and it's not <laughs> going to change. It's the recipe to win. Timely hitting and timely pitching. Mm, you it's know? a big part of the game for sure. Thinking about that, so like think about your processes, you know. Like, I mean, that was one of the biggest things I'm ever taking away from Sash and just spending time with him and is like, you know, the the um 90 foot battle, you know, and being on all the process charts and things like that. Are you, is that something, are you bringing that those processes to them as they're trying to kind of, again, deconstruct how to win a conference? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about positive at bats um, more so than we talk. I have no idea what our team's hitting right now. I, I have no idea, but I know we're having really good at bats because I, I, I look at it. I keep a chart in my pocket and I circle our positive at bats and, like we played Sunday, Lamar beat us, and they, they played better than we did, but we only had like five or six positive bats. Their pitcher was dealing on us. But the night before, we had, you know, we had eight positive bats with two outs. Mm. Well, you do that, you're going to win games. Um, so I, I keep track of that stuff. Not with two outs. So not just, total, just, just with two outs. Just, no, I keep a total of positive okay. bats. You know, the goal 60%. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different things can make up a positive at-bat. Um, but we, we don't do the stickers like we did on the helmets there, and we don't have the big board that you used to have walking in. We used to have space, you know. Yeah. Um, but we talk about do do your job. You know, that's been my big thing with our pitchers this year. Um, direction, balance, finish, and do your job. Your job is to get three outs before they get one run, and how you do it is not important as long as you get three outs before they get the run. Because, you know, in, in pitching, you can make a great pitch and it can get absolutely annihilated. You can make a terrible pitch and they swing and miss, you know. Um, and once the ball leaves your hand, it's out of your control. So um, execute quality pitches with conviction and, hey, win it or lose it, get the, get it and go do it again. So, but we don't have like the – I remember that big board we had. at yeah. Oh, massive. I just remember it got to a point where the stickers were almost annoying you know, because, like, yeah, Carp, here's 10 more stickers, and Holiday, here's seven more stickers because you blocked a ball with a runner at third base. Like, that's your job, dude, you know. But it, they, they got the, a competition to who had the most. And, uh, no, it was it was good, but each team – I think each team needs to create their own identity with that stuff, you know. Um, but this group, play as hard as you can, as long as you can. That's kind of our, our – encompass all of the processes to it you know um because it's hard baseball's hard man it's it's hard 
but you got to simplify it, win one pitch at a time, and and play as hard as you can, as long as you can. Because I think we have like six walk off wins this year. Wow, um, we probably have eight or nine come from behind wins this year. Um, this this group doesn't stop; they don't quit; they just keep going. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, I, that board. I remember that. I remember board. every I in every game, uh, everything, every just game from the from left to right. It was right when you walked in left. And yep. Yep. Yeah, I said your coach lost. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I remember putting stickers on it. Mm-hmm. I remember having to chart it, too. It was harder to chart that than the ATL. frog battle. That's what it was called. Was it called the frog battle? Frog war? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was uh, – that was a Maisie brainchild. Yeah. And then he just kept – every coach had to pick, like, four things that we'd get stickers for. The guys will get a sticker for that were important to what we did, and you know, blocking a ball with a runner at third, throwing a guy out, um, an assist for the catcher, and a tag plate, home plate. Those were mm. the, like the big ones. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was thinking about how many times I got blocks a ball with a runner at third base. Like Holiday was really good at it, and <laughs> I think some of them he would bait. He would just go down to a knee and catch it low. You know what I mean? <laughs> But, sticker, yeah. sticker. Yep. But yep. still, I mean, that still is like you said. That still is kind of good where they're like already thinking and competing with it. You know, there's there's some natural byproducts of that. Yeah. No. You know, God. at the same time, they're having fun too. That's it. They'd be pissed if they if the helmet broke and they had to get a new helmet and take the stickers off and put the stickers on and, and the whole nine <laughs> yards. But no, they that group got after it for sure. They got mm -hmm. after. It. But I think. Two is, is having a team that takes the mentality of their coaches, you know. Um, you know, Slosh is ultra competitive and hates to lose. And, you know, you start to see it in the kids um, and, and watching that happen. If you looked at TCU's record after, I think it was like April 1st, silly, silly. Like every year they just go on a run. And that was right about the guys with this kind of, They'd click, they'd free themselves up and go play. And it was like, yep, it's, it's on now. But it was, uh, no, we don't have a, a big board or a chart or any of that stuff. It's kind of, hey, do the right, do the little things right, and it'll lead to bigger things. Yeah, and so. there's still the processes of, like, kind of getting them to, like you said, positive at-bats and things like 100%. that. So like, do you, so will you break that down as part of, like, the after, like, or – you know, because I know Sloss didn't do many like after game meetings. So is that something you might do? You, do you do like the after game meeting to kind of break that down, or is that something you might break down the next time in practice? Break we'll break game? it down. Um, I'll kind of give the highlight overview of it, and then I'll pull a guy aside and go, "Hey, you know, four for five last night, positive at bats, man, really good." Um, and you can kind of sense when a guy needs it. Um, but if the guy's going, "Hey, how many positive at bats I have?" That guy, that guy's good. Like, you're good, dude. But the guy that was just 0 for 4, and you walk over and like, hey, man, you lined out to second. You hit a two-strike ground ball to short. They got a run in. Like, that's a positive at bat. Sure. Uh, your 0 for 4 was actually 4 for 4 helping the team achieve something. But I'm a huge, huge believer in the process. And it's oftentimes, like, especially when you're struggling, you're going, man, the, the process is great, but I need some outcomes. You know, I, I need the outcomes and, and not just for yourself, but for the, for the kids to them, for them to lock in on it. Um, but it, it's been, I'm a huge, yeah. We don't talk about wins and losses really at all. It's about the whole, the process to get there. 
um, from how we how we you know get ready for BP. Everything's charted out. Who's got what? Um, from you know we we have academic coaches. Um, like I meet with a, t- a group of kids. My assistants meet with a group of kids. Um, but that process to make it important to them is is important to us, and it becomes because it's important to us, it's important to them. But there's certain things that I could care less about. Like I let them pick the BP music. I care less. Like you guys do it. It's important to you. You guys get yeah. after it. As long as it's not inappropriate, get after it. You know, yeah. you got to give them some say in their own in their own party. You know. But no, I'm a huge, huge proponent of process over outcome. I like, uh, and I'm thinking of, uh, I had a guy explain to me, like, I think it was Wes Brooks. He had mentioned about like 80% process, 20% outcome. Where like, like you said, you need some outcome where it's like, you know, we're going to touch base about this. Like, hey, here's what we're going for. Like, this is what it is. Or like, this the, the outcomes that we're, so like, do you want them to hit a mark? Like you said, 60%. So like, even the 60% is still kind of an outcome, but like, you know, the 60% right. is like, here's what you're trying to shoot for. Or we can kind of gift them that. Um, is that what you mean by outcome? Like, are you talking like we're just talking about like getting hits? Essentially, what you're being by? Right? No, I think the the outcome part of it is: look, you can have 27 positive at bats and you can get no hit. Sure, but it's still not a productive game. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you just got no hit. And a lot of times, people think, well, you can have a positive at bat, you need hits to win. You know, um, but. I think when you fail seven out of 10 times of doing something, you almost have to take away the pressure of getting the hit and Hey, find a barrel. If you find enough barrels, hopefully they fall. Um, but the goal is 60% positive at bats every game. And we have a breakdown. If you're, you know, 45 to 50%, you got to be outstanding on the mound and lights out on defense. If you're 50 to 60%, you got to be really good in one of the, th- in one other area, either on defense or on the mound. Um, and if you're 65% or higher, it's a blowout. You know, Tony and I actually, the head coach at, at um, Tennessee, put together that from the charts at TCU for a year. Like That's if we did super the, cool. So yeah, basically we, based off of your percentage of quality bats, which if, like you said, if it was like 40% quality of bats, then you better dealt. Yeah. Like you better have thrown it really well or it's, you're going to get, it won't be a good day. Yeah, like when we faced Strasburg, if we were at forty percent, that was a win, you know, um, because we're gonna have to match him. Um, but just kind of that stuff that, shoot, I think I still have that thing somewhere actually, um, and, you know, okay. and, and just different. We Tony created to identify the enemy deal, so it breaks down every type of pitcher. Um, for hey, you got your slot righty, your 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 stuff, your slot over stuff lefty, your summer, your high velo guy, your cutter guy, your submarine guy, and it all went into the process of getting the hitters ready. You know, like hey, with this guy, we're looking to do this, and it was posted so everybody's like, okay, he'd look in the dugout and go, hey, cutter guy, they'd all go over. Here we go. You know, but the outcome, we still wanted positive at bats, um, and. You know, the easy thing to say is, well, hit. You got to get hits. You got to get hits to win. You're right. But, you know, we gave up two runs or three runs on Sunday and hadn't allowed a hit. You know, walks, a bunt, sacrifice bunt, two ground outs. Boom. You know? So there, there's ways to score and ways to be productive without just getting a hit. But we, we try to get them about 60, 60 65%, which usually 
if you're doing that, you're you're playing pretty well. Yeah, you're gonna be in the game. Mm-hmm. You're gonna compete. You're gonna compete for sure. You're gonna compete to yep. win. That's it's really cool, man. I mean, even just, but it even highlights even to the kids of like, okay, forty percent we didn't hit, but but you're also even bringing in the process of like, okay, well, then pitching wise, we're gonna put. So in order for us to win the day, we have to be able to then you know pitch it. Then it's gonna pick it up by pitching well and playing great defense because we didn't hit well today. Right. <laughs> Essentially, what's gonna also do is like what I've always liked about it too is like it took away the whole like recapping of all the crap that we didn't do well. Right. You know what I mean? That already, that's already kind of doing that for you. Right. And one of the big things that I'll talk less about your hits and I'll talk more about the guys getting RBIs. Okay. So I think it's the best stat in baseball, you know, RBI, you you helped your team right there, you know? Um, So, and you can have an RBI in a lot of different ways. But we'll talk about the guys that drove in a run with an RBI, and I may leave out three guys that hits, you know. Especially, hey, if you give me a two-strike, two-out RBI, oh, man, I'm all in on that, you know. <laughs> um, but, again, it, it's just come from where I came from with slosh and with witting. It's timely hitting, timely pitching, play good defense, and, pit, and you know, pitch it up and play D. Because it was so hard to hit at Lepton. It was so hard to hit. The window always blew in. So – you couldn't just look at the scoreboard and go, oh, man, we had 12 hits, which we do that. But there would also be nights where we could have played from second base and not hit a ball out of the field. Yeah. Like the wind was just so much. So, you you know, it's, it, you get beat down and you can keep beating them down or find a way to make it make it a positive, make it competitive for them. And that's the that's the route we went to was the process with positive at-bats. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And then you said about – um Talking about like defending the pitch, like you're talking about the different types of pitchers, mm-hmm. you know, and how you were, I guess, game planning for the pitcher. Um, I guess that was something like you knew certain pitchers that were going to go, like, so like everything was kind of based off of that guy. Yeah. Now it's, there's so much technology now. Yeah. Right? I mean, I can't remember what the scouting service is called. We don't have it, but we've seen some of them. And it's like a heat map. For where guys throw pitches, I'm like, man, this is wild. Like, it's just wild. And, and you know, everybody has synergy now. They can pull it up and watch every pitch this kid's ever thrown. You know, last week I pull up synergy, and synergy just uploaded every summer league in America. I'm like, really? this is going to be a nightmare for kids going out and playing in the summer and trying to keep them at your school for a portal standpoint. Like, now I don't have to go to the Northwoods League. I can pull up every, every game whenever I want to see it. Oh, wow. So, um, but yeah, the technology, they, I mean, we have, vir- we have a virtual reality hitting deal. It's awesome. When reality, it is, yeah. awesome. but it's like, we don't, you know, there's certain packages that, you know, if I'm facing you, I could put you on win reality and, and hit hit against you before we even played. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, uh, the technology out there is crazy. And, you know, our guys, we use huddle. Mm-hmm. Because it goes to their phone. You want to communicate with 18 to 23-year-olds, put it on their phone. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. man. How yeah, have, uh, No, no, not at all. And then, so, yeah, you guys are beating your head together, putting all these plans together, and now you can just bring up synergy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember lugging around VHS tapes 
And uh, TCU trying to set the VCR in the in the office if a game was on Fox Southwest. Running in, play record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much of, uh, you know, because you get the, you were, were you with Moe's at all? No. You were with Moe's nope. at all? No. But you guys always, you know, TCU had always, you know, ran really well and played a good offense with this base running. Right. You know, we've talked about some, like, like, what kind of processes, like, have you, do you bring in, like, base running wise? Like, what are some, like, things that you get guys to focus on or teaching them? Because you know, it's such a good taught, coached up skill. Right. I think this all, it's all about your secondary. It's all about your secondary lead. Um, if you have a good secondary, you can do whatever you want. You can score from on a base hit. You can go down angle. Um, but being ready, being attentive, you know, anticipate versus react. Um, you know, that that's that was the big thing. And, and you know, I, I called – Maisie was a base running guy when I was there. And right. I, unbelievable with it. And it's funny I called him because I spoke at the Texas High School Convention and I basically gave Randy Maisie's presentation on base running. Um, <laughs> But it, it was so simple. It just made sense to me, you know. Um, and we were really good at it because we practiced all the time. Yeah. Well, we do a lot of the same things now, um, but we've changed. We've changed pieces of it. And the biggest thing is just get your secondary. You know, get your secondary and 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 react and and, and or don't react. Anticipate and, and go. You know, if ball down, go. Um, hey, if you get thrown out being aggressive, awesome. Yeah, that's fine. Just understand the situation. And one of the things that we do and is educate them on the situations. Like, when is it a good situation to go? When is it not a good situation to go? Because if the kid doesn't know, it's not the kid's fault. It's the coach's fault for not telling him, not preparing him the right way. You know, um, I tell them all the time, if I give you a steal sign or I give you the green light and you get thrown out, it's my fault. My fault, not yours. Go, go play. Go play free and fast, and we'll see what happens. Coach Schatzberger, just awesome stuff. Um, just really love just our just our real conversation. You know, just, just just chopping it up. Felt really natural. Uh, just like we were just back, just talking about 10 years ago. So just really enjoyed it. Loved just his ability to simplify. Uh, I really liked how he constructed, backmapped, however you want to reverse engineer, however you want to think about it. We're taking that concept of doing what the program has never done before and backmapping. Well, what is that going to look like? How are we going to break it down from there? And then go everything coming down to the simplest form of winning the pitch, having good at bats, doing your job. And keeping it very simple. So uh, just uh, some really great advice. Love the process stuff. Uh, and just our ability to just to hit it and just talk some talks of good baseball. I just really, really enjoyed it. And wishing the best of luck as he continues to build his culture, create his own identity within UIW. And looking forward to seeing all the other great things he's going to continue to do down there in San Antonio. So appreciate the guys at Netting Pros for all they do. Uh, continue to reach out, give me any feedback. Maybe there's somebody out there that's continuing to want to spread the word of continuing to develop 
not only the person, the ball player, but also the person. So, appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. So, until next time, keep getting better.